Hey mamas, welcome to the Being Mother Hustler podcast. I'm your host mother hustler, Kareen Mills. I'm a mama of two boys, founder of a tribe called Mother Hustler Nation, co-founder of the Game Changers Global Network, an insurance professional turned lifestyle entrepreneur, keynote speaker, and author. Each and every week, I'm bringing you stories and thoughts from mom entrepreneurs who will inspire you to take massive, imperfect action, unapologetically chase your dreams, and eradicate your excuses so you can quit treating your business like a hobby and turn your side hustle into full-time income. I know being mother hustler is not easy, but sisters, we are making it happen even in this beautiful mess. Thank you so much for being present with me today. Now let's go mother the world. Welcome back, everybody, to the Being Mother Hustler podcast. I'm your host, Kareen Mills, and we are going to have a solo episode together today because I'm going to share with you the journey that I am currently on that is not over yet, and it's ups and downs, and I think it's really important to be a little bit vulnerable about it at the same time, really be honest about how I feel in terms of this whole experience for my family. So welcome to episode number 70, solo episode. This is my 40th birthday episode, by the way. And I'm really excited because in the following episodes, you're going to hear a different type of episode I asked my kids, so I turned 40 just recently, this week actually, and one of the things that I wanted for my birthday was for me to be able to interview my boys, my sons. They are 10 and then the other one is turning 13 in July and I'm excited to just go into their heads and really have a conversation and capture the conversation with them see how far they've come. And I know they've come very, very far as kids. I also want to hear their raw experience with me. And I know there's probably going to be some not so good statements, but mostly amazing statements from them. And I can't wait to hear um, what they have to say. And I can't wait to share it with you. But today we're going to talk about selling my house, turning 40, living in the hotel, remodeling our next house, the ups and the downs, and a lot of the thoughts that I have. But before I go in and dive deep into this episode, I want to tell you a little bit of background. So I've been married to my husband since 2008. Our anniversary was 888. Uh, This is... He's actually owned the home that we just sold before we even um, got married. But he used to be like this excessive compulsive type person. In fact, when I met him and um, the first time I came to visit his house, his house was like a hospital. (laughs) 
it was so sanitized. It was so clean and literally it had zero clutters. And then he married me and I am not a cleaner. I don't like cleaning. I like to be tidy. I like to tidy up the stuff on the desk. But cleaning is just not my strength. So anyways, um, his excessive compulsive um, personality became compulsive. So the excessive was gone. And then he has, um, then we have kids and then the compulsive disappeared. And now he really just don't care other than his garage. Like my husband loves his tools, his toys and his garage space. So I'm just going to dive into it. So little background about this whole process. Last year, we sat down with a realtor named Dale Ward, amazing realtor. Shout out to you, Dale. What is up, sister? Dale, I hope you're going to come to my podcast soon. I know you're so super busy because she's just a queen of a lot of networking and events. And of course, her real estate boutique shop. But she's also hosting us on a boat over at the Columbia River in Portland, Oregon for her customer appreciation event. And we're really excited to get on the boat with her. But I have invited her multiple times in my podcast, but we haven't made it happen. I promise we'll make it happen soon. So we sat down May of last year, 2018, to really have an initial conversation about putting our house in the market, you know, and one of the things that kind of occurred in the conversation is that the best time to sell a home is the springtime and not just any springtime, you guys, but early springtime. And her reasoning to that was because you still don't have a lot of competition. You know, it's a toss to have real nice days, in the Pacific Northwest here in uh, between Washington and Oregon, which we are on a border state, we still get some rain in the springtime. In fact, it is during the springtime when we get a ton of rain. So in any case, we sat down in May and unfortunately that is late, late spring going into June my husband and I just didn't feel like it was the right time. We didn't feel good about making any decision. And if there's anything that I've learned since five years ago when I started this spiritual journey is that we truly have very little control of what happens. We only have control of how we react to what happens. But how do you know how to react to what happens the right way. And the right way for me, and this may not be the right way for you, is to listen to your gut instinct. And my gut instinct has never, ever been wrong. And we call it gut, right? But I believe in my hearts of hearts that it is my soul telling me to do it or not to do it. And at that time, my soul was not in agreement with my thoughts. Like my thought says, 
I want to sell this house now and move on to the next house. But then my soul was telling me like, don't do it. Sit back, stay put, give it another year. Dale said early spring. And as soon as the first month of the year rolls in, before it ends, reach out to Dale and start creating um, a conversation again. So we did that and we just kind of like, nah, we're not ready. I thought all along, that's why I called her in May. I thought all along, which I think a lot of you thinks is that the best time to list your home is during the summertime. But summertime gets busy with families and our home was, you know, a family home. A lot of people take their family on a vacation, whether it's a vacation outside of the country or a vacation within, you know, the states where they just drive to another state or just a staycation. But people don't really, I guess, want to do a lot of house hunting around the summer that much. And I'm not sure why that is, but that's what was told to me. And that is what I'm telling you as a person who is a messenger. And so around February of this year, 2019, so we roll into 2019, sat down with Dill again, finally got to meet with her. She came to the house and she sat down and she was like, so we're ready, right? And I'm like, yes, we are. Like without a doubt, I said, I know we're ready because I can feel it. I I just can feel the exhilaration. I'm so exhilarated. I love the way everything is working out right now. I feel really good about making a yes ma'am decision today. And so we walked through the house and we looked through some items that really needed a lot of work. Um, There was a room and unfortunately this was a master bedroom. And my husband and I, we have been remodeling this house for the last, I don't know, 10 years since 2008, maybe 11, actually 10, 10. I'm going to stick with 10 because I remember the 08, 09 winter where the heavy, we had like the whole entire Portland was covered with very heavy snow and That was when, because we were like bored, (laughs) we started peeling off the, like our house had all these like old school wallpaper and we started peeling off all these wallpaper, right? And once you peel off those wallpaper, you start seeing like, oh shoot, it actually looked better if we left it alone. And so you have this realization that like, okay, you're committed now. You're not going back. So we just committed to it. And um, we had some damage on a roof that needed to be replaced. So we replaced the roof. Our fence was shot because there was a really bad windstorm where we used to live. So we replaced the whole fence. The siding of the whole house was also replaced. I mean, guys, when you start, like it all started with peeling off this stupid wallpaper that covered the whole freaking house. And so if you, let me give you some advice here. If you live in a house 
that has wallpaper and you've been wanting like dying, not just wanting, but dying to freaking peel it off, but you're not ready to do like this bunch of remodeling or refreshing your home, do not do it because it's going to look more awful versus you versus if you didn't peel it off. So try to resist from that because once you do that, you're committed to one thing and then it leads to another and it leads to another. And it's just that, that energy guys, I believe in energy, right? I believe in God, but I believe that around in our surroundings that there's so much energy. And the minute that you peel that nasty, ugly, ivy print looking, which was ours, wallpaper, the energy of remodeling will just keep coming. And so we did that. So anyways, we started there. We ripped out like an oak, heavy oak built-in entertainment center. And when we ripped out the entertainment center underneath it, now remember we already had a very nice carpet like in great shape. When we ripped out this entertainment center, I mean, this is so much fun, but so stupid, right? There was this green shag carpeting underneath it. And this is why I'm telling you, unless you're ready, like we weren't ready at all, but we were excited to just like get over this whole old school and no offense to those people that are still in that sort of environment in their house. I'm just telling everybody my experience, right? And how one thing leads to another. And so when we ripped out this whole entertainment center, because we wanted to like have modernized look in our home, there was this green shag carpet and both carpets did not match at all. It was so hideous. So we had to like rip out the entire house's carpet again to match everything. And then we started repainting everything after. And around this time we had, you know, we're having kids, we're repainting nurseries, we're making decisions on colors. And I mean, all these things, like I never do things simply. I always do things when it stack up on top of each other, like just get married, uh, pregnant, peeling off, a wallpaper, start remodeling. And like, it's been a 10 year journey. So finally, just to fast track is when we sat down with Dale and Dale walked through the house, she noticed that our master bedroom is the one like mamas were always on the last of our lists. Remember that, right? And so <clears throat> obviously my Master bedroom was the one that had pending work. Everything else in the house was updated, except probably our guest bathroom. But everything else, and it wasn't bad anyways, like our guest bathroom, it was doable. But in in our master bedroom, it was not good. 
when you're doing these remodeling and you're living in it, you get to a point where you just are exhausted. You're just like, I don't want to do any work anymore. Can we just please stop after? I think we stopped like three or four years ago. Imagine living in in a in a room in a space where there's pending work and you're just like done. I'm not going to do anything anymore. I've done so much in this whole house. We hide everything anyways when people come over, right? That's where you hide things is your bedroom. So we just let it go. And once we finished the work, so we agreed, you know, we signed the agreement, the sales agreement with Dill. Once we finished the work, my husband and I literally had our jaw dropped and said to each other, why in the hell did we not do this five years ago? Because guys, here's the thing that happened. We hired it out. You know, by this time, we had to rush and get it done faster, sooner than 10 years. <laughs> so we had to hire a contractor to finish whatever was left over. And then we started Again, it snowballs, right? And then we started saying, hey, can you can you go ahead and caulk the holes of, you know, the picture, you know, the pictures that we hang on the wall? It's going to create holes. And we wanted to make it look really nice for the next owner and also attract buyers that way and not have a lot of eyesores. So we wanted to minimize as much eyesores as possible because when you have buyers walk through your home and your home is not appealing, they're going to nitpick every little thing and they're going to talk themselves out of it because of those every little thing that they nitpick. Get it? So we hired him to repaint the living room. We hired him to patch holes. We hired him to cock some nails on the trims. We just hired it and it was so much better. So if you're in a position, this is another tip for today to hire, please do. Because not only that it's less stressful, it's only money. You guys, you can go to work for that, live a more quality life. And I'm telling you, there is nothing better than not having to worry about your remodel. So because we did all that, we put our house on April 4th, early spring. Remember, that's another tip here. Early spring is the prime time to put your house on the market. According to my beautiful realtor, mother hustler, Dill Ward, because you don't have a lot of competition because everybody else think early May, first week of May is the best. Or if you're like me, you thought summertime is prime time, but it really isn't. And when you get to August and you still haven't sold your home, according to Dale, you're going to sit on that home for a long time. Not always, but for the most part, because everybody thinks summertime is the best time, there's going to be a lot more inventories and you're going to have a lot more competition. So 
We put our house on the market April 4th. We actually identified, I've been eyeing this house for six months. And we finally got here. This house was beautiful, right? I thought I was going to get it because it's just been sitting in the market for, I think it was almost six months, no bites. So I'm like, I'm going to manifest this home. And when April 1st comes, I am going to make an offer or we are going to make an offer on this beautiful, newly constructed, secluded home. If there's anything I want to tell you today, life doesn't always work the way you want it to be. And when it does not, that doesn't mean that manifesting doesn't work. Because manifesting can work later on if you continue to manifest it. Sometimes I say that the source just said not today, but not today doesn't mean never. So if you have dreams and aspirations in this life, do not quit manifesting them because they don't have to happen right away. They can happen in their own time. They have already been created for you if it was indeed for you. And if it was indeed for you, it just depends on the timing of your life. So manifested this thing for like, I don't know, for a very long time. So I was pretty sure I was going to get this house. 2,900 square feet built in 2017, priced right. I think it was, I think it was only like $550,000 and nobody's making an offer. So April 3rd, okay. April 3rd, April 4th was when we had already scheduled our home to go out to the world and all of the realtors on rmls.com and everywhere else. April 3rd, we get a phone call from the other realtor that I really wanted a house to buy. I was having lunch with my realtor, Teresa, here in Vancouver, Washington at Beaches Restaurant. And she gets a phone call. She shows me her phone and she says, this is the realtor from the other camp. She walks out the door in the back and speaks to the realtor and she comes in with a little disappointment on her face saying, they got an offer. We need to work on an offer for you right now. So we can be at least right next to the offer and she'll do everything. She even like, I sent her a picture of my family hoping that that was going to work. Right. But for me, like I was forcing it and you know, I think that the writing was already on the wall. Like I, I wrote a letter to like propose to the owner on top of like the legal document to let the owner know why we really want the house and who we are and what, you know, all these reasons to win this bidding war with the other person. We thought it was a hoax because it had been sitting forever and nobody's really like, making an offer. And all of a sudden we're making an offer and there's this other offer, only one other offer. And so 
if you really dissect that situation and you really believe in the flow and you believe that you truly have very little control over everything that happens in life, I was forcing it. I was doing all these things just to get the house. And in the end, I didn't get it. And I was very disappointed because I had already set my mind to this house, creating a visual in my mind. In fact, I drive to the house almost once a week for the last, I don't know, three months before we put our house in the market just to really visualize it like I'm going home to the house. It's really weird, right? <laughs> my friends are like, gosh, that's like stalker status. But it was empty. Nobody was living there. The old owner had already moved out to wherever he went. But I was like forcing to manifest it. And I think manifesting sometimes we think of it as supporting it with like actions. And it's true. We support it with actions, but I think we also should support it with trust and trusting in the process because the actions that I was taking was not really actions that it was like forceful actions. So I didn't get the house. We were very disappointed. My husband and I went ahead and still put the house that we lived in in the market, April 4th, and we had no plans. So we ended up going to the coast, the Oregon coast. We stayed there for the weekend. It was, um, to be honest with you, we really didn't enjoy much, even though we tried. I feel like we always had our thoughts while we were in the Oregon coast. Uh, we always had our thoughts about where we're going to go. What if our house sells? which by the way, that ex that's exactly what happened, you guys. So our realtor, so 4-4 was a Thursday, 4-5, we get an offer, 4-6, we had an open house from 12 to 2. And that same day, we get another offer. And I think we got another offer on Sunday when we came back, we had to pick one. And so in a couple of days, our house went pending. We picked one that made a overpri overpriced offer, like over asking offer. And they were putting a very significant down payment. And you, you want to look at those things because as a seller, because you don't want any hiccups that can happen during the process. You just want to move on. And imagine if hiccups happen in the process and you already identified a home and it can really F things up. So we accepted the over asking price offer on Sunday, that same day when we came back to town and um, we went into a sales process. We closed on five, nine. So remember we, we went pending. I mean, we could have closed in like two weeks because the other camp did not their bank weren't requiring a actual appraisal because of their significant down payment. <clears throat> so we closed on five, nine, but we asked to stay for another two weeks. So we rented back. Luckily the, the new owner of our home was very nice about it. 
because they still, um, I mean, they own their home free and clear where they live, but our home was a ranch style home and their home is two story and they are, um, retiring in a ranch style home. That's why they bought our home, but they weren't really in a hurry because they have a home. It was free and clear. It was paid for. So they gave us two more weeks until the 23rd. So five, nine plus seven, that's 16 plus seven, the 23rd. So we had until the 23rd of May to rent back to them. And it was a prorated rent, a daily rent on their principal and interest payment to their new loan. It was pretty cheap. And granted, my husband had actually been moving us out of the house to declutter for our house to be sale ready since March, first weekend of March. So we also have in the background a large storage unit that's full of my husband's garage um, items and full of the stuff that we decluttered the house. And when we moved um, on 523, prior to that, he'd also been taking a load every weekend, like twice, once on Saturday or twice, and then another one on Sunday to another storage that we have rented again because it wouldn't fit in one storage, right? And it's so crazy how much shit we accumulate over time. And I can only imagine for those of you that have a larger home, like my home was not large compared to many homes. And we had a ton of shit accumulated over time. And I did a a sale, like a garage sale, and it was like I got rid of so many things because I literally just gave gave them away. And I still had a lot of shit to move. So we had a second storage rented. And then, of course, nobody rents to you for short term, right? So short term renting does not exist like for a month. Nobody's going to rent it to you. So we had to identify a hotel that number one allows our pet Katie to come shout out to Katie. Katie was going to be talked about on the podcast today. And of course to fit my family of four and it was a tough, tough go. We were searching and searching. And finally we found this amazing homey place called Sinesta ES Their staff here is amazing. I'm still here with my family. This is our fourth week. We are um, finishing up here soon and I can't wait, but I enjoy my stay here at Sinesta. The staff are super friendly and they're so awesome. But let me tell you about this place. So in the interim, we are living in this hotel. They have an outdoor pool, an outdoor barbecue patio area, free breakfast every single day. It's a continental breakfast. It's got some really, really good options there. Um, For a mom, I was looking so forward to this because 
I did not have to make breakfast every morning. And so I'm kind of a bit sad that it's about to end because we closed on our new home um, June 10th. But it does need a lot of, um, you know, cosmetic work. So we're getting, again, we're hiring a contractor to do all the work because we're just, we got a taste of hiring from um, the other house on the tail end of owning it. And for us, we're never really going to do a lot of the work ourselves. Maybe we'll pick up, you know, a little bit of work that are easier my husband and I, we like to work together. It is really a way for us to connect. And we truly have a really good relationship because we're creating our life together versus apart. And now that we have the resources to hire, we are like, you know what? It's going to cost money. So what? It's only money. We know how to make it. That's how we're going to contribute to this project is go make the money so we can pay someone else to do it. So we agreed on that and we have about 20 days to finish all the interior work, um, major interior work. There's going to be a lot of leftovers to do, but we can have the contractors do that while we're already moving in there slowly. We are um, having the, well, let me tell you about Sinesta first, because I think I'm like jumping way ahead here. So Sinesta ES, they have a conference room too, to cater to people like myself. I need a quiet space to do and edit and produce my podcast. So right now I'm actually recording here with my guests when I have a guest in their conference room. They have two conference rooms here in Vancouver, Washington, one upstairs and one downstairs. I've never been to the upstairs one. I've always been using the downstairs one. I think I'm the only person that uses these conference rooms. They're really, really, really nice conference rooms. So I'm not sure why anybody wouldn't be using it. But hey, I'm getting my money's worth here. We are... Um, enjoying our stay here. The kids love the pool. We're going to be here for five weeks. By the time we leave, we close like exactly five weeks. And uh, tomorrow, or actually today, Sunday, we begin the first day of the last week. And so we're going to be out of here next Sunday. I'm so excited. But at the same time, I really, really enjoyed not having to clean because we have made service every day if we wanted to, although we chose to do it every week because they'll do more deep um, housekeeping once a week. So we just opted for once a week, every Friday cleaning. And then we have free breakfast for my kids every single morning. And the kids love it when my alarm goes off at 630 because they just head to the kitchen and the dining area and they eat breakfast there. Sometimes they have bacon and eggs. Sometimes they'll have omelet. Always they'll have their, you know, the usual cereals and milk. And then they'll have, um, my favorite is their oatmeal bar where they have almonds, cranberry, dried cranberries, brown sugar, uh, shredded coconut and then that's just a super healthy I don't 
eat breakfast because I in, intermittent fast from 8 p.m. the night before until 12 noon. So I don't really eat until between 12 noon until 8 p.m. But occasionally I crave for the oatmeal. So I would go there and like if they have the healthier options like the eggs and the bacon, I'll just have that for the weekend. But um, I'm just really enjoying it because as a mom, I get really like we have so many responsibilities to do. We have so many hats to wear and not having to make breakfast in the morning, not having to clean, especially me. I mentioned earlier that I am cleaning is not my favorite activities in the house. And I, although I'm super clean, like I promise you, I'm not dirty at all. And the outdoor pool, it's been really nice for the past four weeks that we've stayed here. And this is a tip that I did not even know myself. So here's a tip, you guys, if you were to ever be in a position like my family, that there's a gap between you selling your past home into moving in your new home or you're remodeling and you're hiring and you don't want to live there while you're remodeling, that for 31 days, so originally we were just going to stay here for four weeks. The general manager suggested that we stay, if we could, for 31 days. But now we're going to be here for 35 days because after 31 days, and I'm not sure if it's only Vancouver, Washington, or Washington, or Vancouver City Law, but after 31 days, the taxes of, I mean, those taxes for staying in a hotel can really be hefty. They fall off after you stay 31 days in these types of places where it has its own kitchen in it, it has its own amazing, you know, just just a nice space to stay. So we originally had a studio unit, and here's another tip for you. We had a studio unit, which is essentially my kids were literally sleeping on the pull-out bed, the couch, and my son, if you've seen him in my story, my Instagram story, he's very tall. And so his feet was hanging. So we were there for two weeks until they upgraded us into a two-bedroom, two-bathroom loft. This loft is amazing. It was such a relief for our family to be able to be in this current loft that we're in. It's two bedrooms. So my husband and I have our privacy. The kids get this, they have their own bed. There's two beds downstairs. So they have their own bed. But the most amazing part, they upgraded us for free. And so here's a tip for you. When you are in this position, the one thing that you can do is you can start small. I always love starting small. And then let them know of your intention that if there is a larger unit that becomes available, that you would like to be considered for a free upgrade. I'm telling you, it always works. I do that on airlines. I do that on everywhere I go, as long as I know there could be a potential upgrade. And so we got upgraded not just to a one-bedroom, but a two-bedroom loft. And it's like so much more space. So shout out to Senesta ES. And I've been like giving shout outs to a lot of 
people here because this journey has just, it's actually not complicated, but it's definitely tasking. And when you know that it's temporary, it's like, you're just not at ease all the time, you know, although it's so nice perk to not have to cook and there's outdoor pool and all these amenities, but it's not home, right? It feels like home. And pretty soon it starts feeling more home than not. So they upgraded us and we're so happy. But here's the problem. My mother, I love her and bless her heart. She'd always wanted to come once we had the house and check it out. And she's just being really a nosy mama to see where her daughter is going to live, what the house looks like, you know, just being mom. You know, I so get her. But she wanted to come. She can only come on the 28th to the 3rd of July, which is a problem because we're still living in the hotel. And this was a huge problem before because we did not know that we were going to get upgraded. So when my husband found out that my mother was coming, he was like, holy shit, where are we going to put her? We're in a studio, small little hotel room, essentially apartment, and there's no room for her. And guys, I'm telling you, flow, not force is the way that I live life now. And this is exactly what I told my husband. Don't worry. We'll figure it out. And two days later, we got offered this upgrade of a two-bedroom loft. Wow. When you trust in the, in the source, when you trust in the energy and you just say, don't worry, we'll figure it out. The energy literally figures it out for you. I promise you. And if it didn't, we knew we were going to figure it out no matter what. We might send her to my brother. We might send her to Ty's mom. I, I don't know what we would have done, but, but I know we would have figured it out. Or we might have just rented another unit, a studio unit for her. Or I had Ty, I told, I told Ty, you can always sleep in one of the bedrooms because by then it'll, it'll be okay to just sleep in it. And that way my mom can just sleep with me in the hotel. And Ty was okay with that. My husband is so super easy and easygoing that he was like, oh yeah, that, that will work too. But that didn't happen because I trusted in the process. And I said, don't worry, Ty, we'll figure this out. And two days later, the GM actually called me on my cell phone and said, we're going to go ahead and upgrade you in the two bedroom loft. And I was like, the gates of heaven opened up. <laughs> but here's the behind the scene on that. So let me tell you, hotels, they probably did not have a lot of people booking the two-bedroom, two-bath because the two-bedroom, two-bath here is like $240 a night plus taxes. The studio that we were staying is $99 a night. And I think I only got the 99 though because of my networking skills and I know the GM here. So I got the hookup um, price. But the cool thing about it is it would have been like 109, 129 maybe. 
it was still going to be a lot cheaper than the 229 two bedroom loft. So ah, it's life is so good. I'm telling you, I'm so thankful and grateful. So we got upgraded because the problem that they were looking at is that a lot of people wanted the cheaper price, the 109, 129. And we were on the way of that. So they moved us to a bigger, better room that they couldn't sell. And by moving us there for the same price we were paying in the studio, right? Because we have been here for a long time. So they feel like they owe it to us. I mean, shoot, we pay a lot of money every week because we pay every week. And so they moved us up. So now all of a sudden they're generating an extra $99 for a studio because most people are looking for the studio or an extra $129 versus zero when we were there. So they just shifted us so they can generate more revenue because the goal really for any business is to generate more revenue, right? And if all they, if all they needed to do was to shift a family into not only that we're happy and content for the fact that they offered us a free upgrade, they're also collecting more money for the studio that we were once in. Genius, right? They didn't tell me that. I figured that out, by the way, because I'm such a like I'm such a math numbers type of person and a business person, and I'm all about revenue. And you should be when you run a business. Even if you work for someone, you should always be revenue driven. When you work for someone, you should always look at your work as your business because that's how you can perform at a high, 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 high level, people. And if you're if you're going for a promotion, you are going to get that promotion soon. So, guys, I'm really excited. My mama is coming. This is the only time she could. And understand and be more in control of how to claim my peace and recenter and be happy. Does that make sense? Yeah. I, so, I love how you answer that because it's true in your, your, when I meet someone that's so super genuine, like I'm meeting you right now, I always, in the end, I always say it was great to meet your soul because there's so many fake dang people in this planet. Yeah. And, you know, they put this facade of perfect. Yeah. And it's really, you mentioned the word toxic. It's very toxic to society because like, you know, we have children growing up watching other people, you know, showing up like they look this, like this just perfect, beautiful, uh, flawless skin, whatever, whatever perfect means to people. But I love how you answered my question when you said, you know, I'm, I'm, no, I'm not happy all the time, which is super amazing to hear. So kudos to you for, for saying that because you are, we are human. And, you know, the answer is not never a black and white answer. It's right. always like, it depends. Yeah. What, what, yeah, what minute in the day are you asking? Uh, yeah, it really does depend. And, and also I think it's, a, it's really important to own that truth, not just as women, but as people in general, that like happiness is, is something that is, is not based on, it is not based on 
good or evil. It is not based on any of those things. It is happiness is a human experience mm-hmm. that everyone, be it good or evil, be it wherever you are on the scale, will is entitled to feel. Yeah. And it's not happiness is not a direct result of our actions in life, if that makes sense. Like it doesn't, because you're sad one day, because you're having a hard day, because you're stressed, because you're these things, it doesn't mean that you are not doing what's right or a good person or failing in all avenues of life. Um, It's just like if you have moments of happiness, it's not necessarily directly equated to your worth or righteousness or whatever. And I think people, and especially I think the marketing, uh, you know, our, our society as far as what they try to sell us, tries to sell us on happiness means yeah. you made it in life. You're successful. You're great. Everything's perfect for you. And here, I know how you can buy happiness. Like, I, I have the key for you to do that. Just buy this and look, you'll be so happy. Or the pill. <laughs> right, right. Um, so it's, it's interesting. It's interesting. It's, it's definitely... It's definitely one of those kind of like retrospective, soul searching type of questions. Are you happy? And what does that mean? It's fleeting too. Like a lot of emotions that we feel are so fleeting. And I think we live, we build a nest in, in them, especially yeah. when they're bad. Yes. And instead of building a nest when they're good, like being in a happy state yeah. is a good feeling. And you know, why not build a nest there? Why is it always so much more attractive to build a nest and dwell on something so super bad? Right. When, when it's already past, it's the past, right? Like you talk about being present in the moment yeah. and then being having anxiety of the future, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And so we, we focus so much on bad. Like if we can just focus our energy on so much more good, knowing now, I'm not saying like, when I say that, I think some people miscommunicate it as, or misunderstand it as, you know, perfect moment. When right. I say like, just enjoy the moment and be happy and, and focus on the good, that doesn't mean that I don't have the bad in my life. Right. I think a lot of negative people, you know, like when I post something so good, um, some people may have a thought of like, wow, that's so inconsiderate. It's happy father's day, but you know, what about those that don't have their dads anymore? And right. I, I feel like, Hey, you know, I didn't post that to hurt someone's feelings or being considerate. I'm just posting that because I mean, I'm celebrating my happy yes. and because I do have good, I do have bad things and shit right. things that happens in my life. Right. So well, you hit it right on the nail when you said celebrate like it is it is okay for us to be able to own our truth whether that's I don't have a father but still celebrate the beautiful aspects of what that means to people who do have that or the good fathers Mm -hmm. out there or x y and z we can celebrate we can own our truth and still celebrate other people's successes and happiness um and yeah that's and there is like you were saying there is joy there too there is happiness there too by practicing that you know by practicing celebrating other people's successes and other people's joys and there is more joy to be added upon and multiplied in our life uh, by pulling on that and it doesn't take away from your pain or your experiences there like it doesn't limit or negate those because someone else has has something joyful to 
express and to be grateful for. So when I'm talking to you, I'm capturing a lot of growth, like personal growth. I feel like you've been this personal journey and a lot of the things that you're saying, like being present in the moment is very much so resonating with me because I, as soon as I found out about, I can grow from within and it is up to me. Mm-hmm. The surroundings around me change because I can change. Mm-hmm. If I can change the inside of me and my inner peace. I can, I can improve that, that, that my surroundings starts changing. So as soon as I figured that out, I started even go doubling down on personal growth and personal development. But in your case, are you or have gone through something similar and have studied a lot of these things? Because I feel like you have some influence when it comes to that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Personal growth, man. So I'm pretty type A. I like a checklist. You give me a checklist. I'm going to do it. And then I want the result almost immediately. And so personal growth, as I've, as I've literally hit walls of like absolute like misery, I think at certain times, or I've hit these walls of like my stress limits, a hundred million, my anxiety limits, a hundred, like, and I'm looking for all these external fixes for this and checklists for this. In, in order to grow through and around that, you you have to, we all have to get to this point that we look inside with like, okay, like you were just saying, what can I, how can I change my, my perspectives, my limiting beliefs, all these things, and then how will that impact the way I see and perceive life and myself and my efforts and my family? And it's a long, it's a very long process of refinement. I feel like I don't, I feel like I'm, it's, it's a practice like anything else, the practice like movement. Um, And so so I try to make time for that. I'm not Mm -hmm. the best at it, but I try to make time to be still and to be okay in those, in the unknown of decluttering what's inside of me, if that makes sense. And are you learning from a specific person when it comes to personal development or do you go to like attend a coaching session? I know, I mean, I have... I have jumped into multiple coaching sessions like externally and hired coaches for business or this, that, or the other. But most of what I'm doing as far as like really jumping into like personal development has been like books and yeah. reading or listening to books on tape. I do that often. Um, I, I do have like meditative apps mm-hmm. um, and certain meditations for certain things. And I'll take some time just to sit in the sauna and listen to those. Uh, I have a counselor. I go to counseling and I, I drag my sweet husband along with me, which is so fun. Um, I actually do love it. But like all of those things that I know will help kind of like strengthen my inner like child, so to speak, those inner, sure. whatever it is inside of me. So um, I had a friend years ago tell me about this meditation thing that he did. And he's this killer, crazy, amazing, like world record holding Olymp- Olympic lifter and this young, young kid. And he came to, he came to do a seminar at the gym and he was like, my life has just been changed because he went for like this multiple day retreat of silence. And I'm like, oh, that would kill me dead. Silence. Are you out of your brains? Like I have <laughs> the worst thing I've ever heard in my life. I can't, I went to a heated yoga class for 90 minutes and felt like I was going to die because they wouldn't let you talk at all. Like <laughs> I couldn't be silent for like five minutes, let alone days. And, but I've thought about that a lot. And, um, 
And as I've kind of developed, this was years ago, as I've developed, I'm like, there's so much wisdom in, in what he was saying and that like, no, there is, yeah, it's hard. It was hard. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But you're forced to be with yourself, yourself and process and learn. And yeah. that, you know, he did it in this really consolidated um, time frame. And so I'm trying to pull aspects of that, of silence and being okay, being I um I meditate every morning and I um you know it doesn't have to be long I've done a long long one um but meditation doesn't have to be long especially when you practice it a lot it's, you don't need a lot because it's it compounds over time uh, but it literally you know how like yesterday I interviewed a woman over in California and we talked about the voices in our head and it's funny because she names she names these two major voices, um, Penelope and the other one that she really wants to be. And this other one is just safe. You know, she wants to play it safe. But it's true. We have these voices. And I told her, if I heard you talk to me like that when I was 25, I'd run away from you. <laughs> right. right. Crazy woman. Right. right. I, you but, know, I'll, I'll tell athletes that same thing. And it sounds crazy when I'm saying it because I'm like, everybody has this voice in their head and I'll tell them I want you to name that voice and then it's not it's there because of our fear instinct it tries to keep us safe it's a part of you too don't fight that voice it's a part of you instead name it welcome it talk to it in your brains like I can see why you would be scared of, for me to do x y and z or why you think I'm going to fail to do blah 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 but I'm going to try it this way will you come with me like reteach that voice yeah is there's yeah, there's power in that. I, but I, as I'm saying it, like you can see people kind of check out sometimes. It's like, oh, she just told me to talk to myself in my brains and name the, <laughs> it's like you have to, like, I don't, okay, right, it's crazy. Yeah. Their body language and the way that their facial expression yeah. is, right? Yeah, and then I'm like, oh, okay, we're not ready for this one. Great, grab a yeah. barbell, let's go. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, because it starts right here. You know that, you know, the hardest part of going to the gym is going. Yep ass in the gym that's the hardest part mm -hmm. once you're there you're like well I'm glad I did this mm -hmm. today I feel so good energized ready to take on the world you yeah. know yeah but um so the meditation for me has literally you know allowed me to kind of put the voices in their places you know like okay these are the voices that I've been hearing loud and clear and they're negative voices and I'm not gonna it makes me quiet down myself and really listen to the good voices versus the negative ones you know and, and so having quiet moments for yourself and even sometimes in the car like my car is like my best friend because it's when I can tune out all like really a lot of noises and you know, when the kids are dropped in school and I'm the only one in the car, that's it. It's all me and I can talk to myself. And, you know, if you ever see me in my car and talking to myself, <laughs> I'm talking like, to the voices. Yeah, that's my girl right there because I do the same thing. So, you know, and it's like, I used to laugh at people. Like I, when I came from the Philippines to America, I'd ride the, the public transit, you know, and ride the bus. And those people that would be talking to themselves. Yeah. yeah. Yes. I used to like laugh at them and I'm like, who's laughing now? Exactly. <laughs> I know exactly. They were just very centered human being. They were just very centered and like, yes, I know. Yes. 
And and when somebody says like when I when I was younger and I look at them like gosh they're like retards or normal or you know and I, and when I look at myself at the young like if I if I'm observing myself thinking back as a young person I'm like I was the retard yes you know like now that I've grown so much in my personal growth like who was the abnormal one who yeah. like what is an abnormal person really yeah. because we don't know what we don't yeah. know and now that i know i'm like gosh i was the screwed up one uh, yeah <laughs> in our, like i one of the one of my other favorite quotes i'm like a walking pinterest board with quotes but one of my other favorite quotes is like be kind because there's always a chance that you're wrong you know what i mean like even if you really think that this is the way to do it like yeah. growth and life and learning always kind of has a has these moments where you're like oh they were totally like, I get now how they reacted or were that way, or, you know, they were, that's, I, I get it. Like, yeah. It's, yeah. That's, that's why, like, I, you know, I've grown a lot. And I think that if we work on ourselves, we can truly like change who we are and, um, you know, understand people, every person, like, I don't not understand anybody now. I just, take a moment and especially when someone is nasty, negative, or mm-hmm. you know, attacking me, mm-hmm. or I hear someone talking smack about me, I just like, for me, I'm just like, okay, I wonder how, that's why I talk about childhood when I'm on my podcast, because there's a lot of people that go through childhood, you know, not as charmed as we have. Like, even though my childhood was so rough, I feel, I still to this day feel so fortunate because it created who I am. Right. You know? And so when I, when I hear someone, you know, being nasty or I hear someone crying to me because they were being attacked, I just like, okay, I understand that maybe it was quite fearful for you. But have you ever took some moment to understand where that person was coming from? And maybe the little girl in them that was maybe went through trauma came out that day. And sometimes that, you know, they, they are, you know, 99% of the time they're normal, good people. Right. And they don't go nasty like that. But there's that really small 1%. Now, maybe that little girl that maybe was abused or molested or whatever in that they come out and they come out and play nastily like we're not perfect we have nasty sides of of us but it's about how you can control it right yeah yeah and it's about like like you were saying i it's it's seeking first to understand i feel like creating clear boundaries as well because if you're also in a really vulnerable spot where you're not in a place to be able to really seek to understand creating a clear boundary without reacting from anger is can be a very powerful tool as well like it's okay if you don't have the mental space at that point in time to be able to deal with somebody else's hurt child coming out but eventually you will be in a space to be able to do that as long as that's what you how you work through building relationships with people or navigating, especially in like a service industry or, or, or a public, like like you are navigating that from a place of, um, seek first to understand and, and love and, um, create clear boundaries and know that 
that reaction has more to do with that person, especially if it's angry and nasty and ugly. It has more to do with them and their journey. It's, it's so true. a reflection of you. Like it's, it, it's not a reflection of you. They're projecting it. And, and yeah. yeah. So Sarah, are your parents still around? Yeah. yeah my mom is, my dad, um, passed away this last year. It's been a really, really sorry year. Yeah. I, I have never dealt with grief ever. Um, so I, that kicked me right in my ass up one side and down the other, you know, I, wow. uh, he, uh, got sick about, oh, he, he's probably been sick since I was like 19. I remember him starting to shake and he was diagnosed with Parkinson's. Mm -hmm. Um, and it, Parkinson's, if you've ever loved or known somebody that has Parkinson's, it's nasty to watch it slowly mm. take their lives away from them. And so my dad, who literally like was the most like vibrant, amazing, incredible, happy person you've ever known. Like he knew everyone's name everywhere we went. He knew everyone's story. Like the grocery store clerks all knew him. We'd go to the little local Albertsons. Sounds he like me now. Name. Yeah. Yeah, like they, he brought people, his only goal in life was to make people around him laugh and smile. He'd tell the dumbest jokes, he, best stories, like he really was just full of love and like was my person in life. Like he yeah. was my person. I never heard him say a negative thing about me ever. Wow. Rare, I don't know that I've ever even met anyone else like that in my life that had my back like that. Like he was my person and so, um, I was able to uh, be with him when he passed and hold him. And it's, it was such a crazy year last year, having Maverick and freaking out because I was pregnant. And then my dad really getting so sick. I'm having to find homes for him. And don't even get me started on the how screwed up our healthcare is for supporting adults yeah. at end stage, right? Like I'm having to figure out how, because my mom's a wreck and I have my two sisters and then Mav's born. And um, that's when the moments, that's when it all became clear, like, this is why Maverick's here now because my dad, while he was losing his mind, like he knew Mav and Mav knew him. Like they didn't speak, but he, Maverick was the only one that could make my dad smile towards the end. Like they, my, and my dad loved babies. He always used to say, I'd have a hundred more if I could. So I was able to, um, you know, hold my dad as he passed away and he finally passed away. All of us kids were in there with them and my mom and it'd been days um, and with brain, brains are weird. You don't really know at end stage, like they'll tell you, well, he could get better tomorrow. He could get worse. And we we're all standing and laying with them and, and, uh, telling stories and some, I said something and everyone laughed. And it was in that moment that my dad, my dad passed. It was like, he was waiting to know that we were all going to be okay. Um, and then I remember leaving, holding him, kissing him, telling him I loved him, that I keep everyone safe and leaving. And just the world looked and felt different. And I was almost angry at the people like driving through Starbucks and getting their gas. Like you guys, like I almost, I felt like I needed to pull over and roll down the window and be like, you don't understand. Like the world is different. My dad's gone. Like you shouldn't be just like, the world shouldn't just keep going. Like how, what do people do? How do they move on from this? And so, you know, I'm, I, that, that was a, that was, this has probably been one of the hardest, um, seasons of my life having mm. my dad gone and especially having my dad gone when I'm when I'm uncertain about faith and and where I fit with all that I used to believe one certain way and know everything and now I'm okay with the mystery of it all until someone like my dad is gone and then I'm like where is he what's going on what's happening like yeah 
Mav has saved me. Again, my, my son, my family, like, but especially Maverick, when you're stuck in the grief process of losing someone like that, I think there's something about being able to have my baby wrap his little chubby arms around my neck that pierces through the weight of grief and sadness yeah. and anguish. Like, I'm gonna stop you right there really quick because when you talked about Mav and how you had him, you said that he was a, quite an accident or unexpected yes. or something. Yes. And I believe in this life that there is no such thing. Yeah. And that everything has its purpose. And yeah. the moment that when your dad was passing, I think you found that purpose. Without a doubt. Without, I mean, it's, it's all, I, I think, it, again, it just is one of those lessons that the universe gives you to help. Like, there's these truths. There's just these truths that pierce through everything else. And one of those truths that I've been taught over and over again is all things happen as far as, you know, those moments of panic that I have, like that moment when I found out I was pregnant, I was like, oh, my whole life is ruined. This is fantastic. What the heck? Like, I can't believe this is happening at 40. Like, when there goes my body. Like, oh, I'm going to be nursing again. That's exciting. Yeah. But like these moments of sheer panic, I'm learning more to embrace what I cannot control because it always, there is always something beautiful, always something beautiful. And, and in this case, not just beautiful, but my savior, like my saving grace for this amount of time, my dad's saving grace, like, and, and it's not like I, I didn't know logically, like babies are great. They're going to be great. You're going to love them. You're going to love your baby. Like, it's not like I didn't know that, but I, I, I really didn't know the layers and the extent of how much I would need that in my life and my dad. And like, I would do it a million times over, you know, if I could. If there's anything or anyone that is the master of balancing, it's Mama Universe. Yes. She's the master of balancing. And that's the only thing that is so balanced in this, in this whole world, because somehow, some way when we struggle, there's always something good that comes out of it. To balance it out. So it's Father's Day next week. What would you tell your dad if if he was around? Oh, yeah, this is going to, oh, God. Drink your beer, girl. (laughs) Drink up, sister. Um, I would tell my dad, uh, thank you for being the best person and loving me the way that he did. And I would also tell him we're all okay. And your legacy lives on. Like I still work every day to remember to try to make someone around me smile. Um, and that's because I want to honor the legacy that my dad worked so hard to leave. Um, so those would be the two things. He was always most worried about us all being okay. Take care of the girls, Sarah, take care of the family. And he was always, he would always tell me over and over again, how much he loved me. And, uh, he wanted us to know, and he always was worried that we didn't know enough how much he loved us. And so I would tell him, I would reiterate again, the words that I told him over and over when he was in that dang bed. You were the best dad I could ever have. Thank you so much. And we're all okay. What day did he die last year? He died in July, the end of July last year. 
Do you, um, do you know the day? I don't know the specific day. I it's all kind of a blur. I know mm -hmm. we were on a family we were on our family vacation and had a had a rush home, um, and because you know he'd been going fine and then it's not fine, fine and then it's not fine. So we had to get back home fast. Um, I have it. I'm sure logged. I have it logged somewhere, but it's still really painful. It's still really painful yeah. for me to. It's still really hard for me to look at pictures of him. Even it's still really fresh and painful and so there's there's parts of that box I just have to like open slowly at different times like I have to be yeah. in a, a place that in I, your own terms girl yeah yeah well what's cool about this episode is you know it's um it it has a lot of dad in it mm. and it's going to be released next week on father's day because I release every Sunday you know so it's going to be so fitting for Father's Day. What is your message to your mom? Um, my message to my mom would be, thank you for the sacrifices that you made that are both seen and unseen to be the constant woman in this family. Like I, I she, loved and took care of my dad she loves and takes care of my sisters mm -hmm. and i know the toll and sacrifice that she there were parts of her she lost mm -hmm. and rediscovering all of that and my voice to her my my what i would say to her is just i know that's a i know that's a, a huge cost and i want you to know woman to woman thank you thank you and now my goal for my mom is let's help you refined and recenter and and discover who you are and i'm grateful to be a part of that process too what what's your message just one message to all your children um because you know they they can listen to the podcast they're very technologically inclined <laughs> <laughs> they are they are when they want to be um my message to them would be you are the greatest parts that I have ever been a part of creating in this world. You are the greatest, you are my greatest adventure in life and grateful to have them. Okay. Now your husband is a dad. It's mm -hmm. Father's Day. When we release this, what's your message to your husband? To my sexy husband. To my yes, sexy husband. Um, oh, there's so many messages I would want to send to him. I'll keep it very G-rated. I will say um, <laughs> there's multiple versions. But you do gets, make people laugh. That you gets us into trouble. That gets us very good. Yeah. Um, my answer or my, my message to him would be, uh, thank you for being my ride or die. Thank you for being my one, my partner, my, my choice, my, That's awesome. my ride or die. That's so cool. And you picked him. Yeah, I picked him. Pick him. I picked he him. He's a good one too. I did. <laughs> I did. I did. Yep. I tell him all. I, I'm, cool. I, nothing makes you grateful for like the really beautiful relationships you have in your life, like going through dysfunctional ones. I will say that I am, I am head over heels 
for this imperfect, flawed, super hot husband that I have and for him accepting and loving me where I'm at and vice versa. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. So before I ask you my last question, I just want to give you kudos for living life the way you are living it and accepting and acknowledging the fact that we're not perfect. I love that about you. I love your jokes. I love your um, like realness. You're like super real, raw. I love that about you. Um, love at first sight, by the way, when I saw you at the gym. I that I, challenge, I'm like, oh, that girl is my girl right there. That was the craziest, funniest day too. I remember it. I remember with Mav and I'm talking to other, and then do you remember all of the last minute people that came and, and, and signed up for that day of everything like organized and ready. And so we have like 10 athletes to sign up day of, and they're all like English second language, amazing athletes. But I deliver this speech that I'm like a hoorah speech. And, and all 10 of them are like, we have no idea what you say. (laughs) I've done it. I've impacted the world. And they're like, nobody understands you. (laughs) I did. did. So I got you, girl. And so just kudos to you for just doing your best. And your best is the best. So don't ever think it's it's short. It's perfect for your children. And I love that about you. Um, Before I go to my last question, what, where can we find Sarah? What platform on social media do you usually hang out? Let the world know where Sarah can be found. Um, I, uh, so my business, I have a business Facebook page, 346 Grit CrossFit. We're in Gresham, Oregon. Uh, we're on Instagram as well. We don't check that as much. I am on both Facebook and Instagram. I'm on both of those quite a bit. Um, Sarah Coleman on there. Come find me. I will be friends with you. Um, <laughs> As long as you're not a pervert, we can be friends. Uh, and then um, our, yep, my facility. Is that all? Is that what we wanted to answer? So yeah, do you have a website? Message me. We do have a website. Three forty six CrossFit is our website. I'm just starting to develop all of like the content aspect. So this has been really fascinating for me to be a part of. We have platforms set up now for getting ready to like blog and blog and podcast and pull other people in the health and wellness space and really help people along their way of whatever their health journey looks like for them at that point in their life, just to empower them to um, take steps towards, you know, reclaiming parts of their life that they might be stuck in when it comes to health and wellness. So we are getting ready to run another six weeks here soon. Um, And this one has a digital platform as well. So you can do it from anywhere in the nation. Should be fun. Well, congratulations on all your success. My one last question is, what is Sarah Coleman's definition of mother hustler? And when you heard that lingo, what came to your mind? Ooh, mother hustler. Uh, my definition of that, that so first of all, it's a phenom- when I heard that lingo, when I heard you first tell me that, I was like, ah, is, I'm in that club. Like it was empowering. It was so great <laughs> here. I loved everything about it. I was like, hell yeah, hell yeah. I'm a mother hustler out of my way. I don't know if we've met yet, but I am a mother hustler is what I heard when I heard that was awesome. Um, I think my definition of a mother hustler would be, uh, would be, oh, that's a hard one for me, mother hustler. I mean, you kind of sum it up with like loving and mothering the world, right? Like, I would say loving and mothering the world through empowerment and, um, and uh, just being the 
overall best human being you can be. I, I love it. I think that it's, it's, you've, you've summed it up. There's nothing else I can add to that. You've really done a good job. Thank you, Sarah. Thank you for being here today. I've enjoyed our conversation. Like I literally can talk to you forever. I know. I love it. I love it. This is so fun. I'm like, is this, you have the greatest job in the world. Being yeah, a, right? I can't wait. So thank you so much for genuinely the honor of, of being a part of this. I really do appreciate it. Awesome. You're welcome. All right. Okay. Well, we'll see you soon. All right, sisters, thank you so much for listening and always supporting the Being Mother Hustler podcast every single episode, every single week. I know most of you take screenshots of these episodes and share it all over your social media outlet. And for some of you that's left us a five-star review from the bottom of my heart, I'm so super grateful for you. Make sure you follow us on Spotify and subscribe to the show on iTunes. And it would mean the world to the entire Mother Hustler Nation community if you wrote us a five-star review. Because I'm telling you, this is not about me. This is not about you. It's about all of us in the community inspiring each other, learning from each other, and not allowing each other to make any excuses to chase our dreams. I swear I read those reviews and it fuels me to my core, makes me cry for great reasons, so I so look forward to reading those reviews. As always, sisters, don't forget to give, serve, live, and love. Have a mother hustling day.